I, I completely agree with, with everything you've said. And I think it's extremely empowering as well to know that you are able to rewrite your own story. Like, yes, you've been living this way for years and years or whatever, but it's so cool to actually realize that you can completely change it and you have the power to rewrite it all. Hey guys, it's Miranda. Thank you for tuning into the Feed the Wolf podcast. Today's episode is all about living by the rules and how it can lead us to live unfulfilling lives that aren't even our own. Keep listening to find out just how to eliminate those rules and how to rewrite your own story. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Last week, we were able to discuss in episode number two, negative self-talk. And this week, we're going to be moving to the rules we live by. So, Miranda, why is this... Um, what we're going to talk about next, what, what is that nat- natural uh, progression from negative self-talk to the rules we live by? Well, I think both of those things definitely coincide with each other. So a lot of our negative self-talk actually can be coming from these rules that we're living by, which may actually be unknown to us at this current time. And I think in order to make a change that we need to become aware of why we are or starting to understand why we may be the way that we are or why we may be doing things and living life in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that any sort of insight, and that's largely what you're working on through this podcast is, is uh, offering tools that we can use to identify those factors that we may not take into account when trying to understand where we currently are and how we can get where we want to get. And so we, um, you know, this kind of came off of our discussion off of Vishen Lakiani's book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And in that book, he coins the term brule. Now, a brule is defined as being a bullshit rule that we adopt to simplify our understanding of the world. And um, I think that that has been incredibly beneficial. It's something that I've, you've you and I have discussed, uh, Robert and I have discussed in the past, and I think the concept is, is, is often kind of enlightening to some that we have adopted unintentionally often, un- unconsciously often, these rules that we are now living our lives by. And what Lakiani discusses is that there really often are no grounds for it. There's no reason that we've decided to do this. It's... Um, we were raised under it by, or we were influenced by others to adopt these principles. And so then I brought up kind of something that we had, we've discussed in the very, very uh, recent past. And then as this community's done in their book club, they read the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, where he uses kind of for the same idea, the term agreements. And um, an agreement is everything we accept as right and wrong that is presented to us by outside, by the outside world. And then finally, before we get into the actual discussion, I stumbled down a rabbit hole on psychology today and ended up with Carl Rogers, who is known as the father of person-centered therapy, and he coined the phrase conditions of worth, how we measure self-worth based on our ability to meet certain conditions we believe are important. Now, what runs through all three of these is kind of the unconscious adoption or the fact that these rules were presented to us by uh, people and uh, organizations, societies outside of ourself. So, Miranda, what, who are a few, what are a few places that we, we unintentionally, intentionally adopt these rules that we now define our lives by? Well, I think there's multiple influencers that we have here. 
number one or the biggest one I believe would be our parents or those who raised us. Another big one would be teachers or authority figures, religious figures, things like coaches and eventually peers as we get a little bit older. And ultimately, a big one, obviously, is society. So whatever we're kind of exposed to via the media. And I think it's it's important to mention here, like even just considering who you'd be if you were raised in a different culture or a different environment or even by different people. I mean, like, just think of, so in America, we idolize certain things or we're exposed and consuming certain things, whether we're aware of it or not. Whereas if we were in a different country where there isn't this emphasis on, you know, beauty or money or power, or there's not even televisions, you would be a completely different person. Yeah. um, Ruiz in his book describes that kind of as the fog that is between us. It prevents us from seeing each other in ourselves and prevents us from being able to communicate as effectively as, as we should be able to. Um, and so we had, we kind of laughed about it before, and we're going to get into more detail. But in terms of who those potential influencers are, we were, we're talking about specifics. And we kind of agreed that for the most part, other than parents, parents are easy to pick out. And uh, we'll discuss levels of fault here because it's this is not to vilify parents. For me, coming to terms with the fact that I adopted potentially not ideal rules for my parents was a little bit tough because I consider myself to have had a great childhood. Um, you know, I am adopted, and and so uh, abandonment issues kind of run high in me. But in terms of who adopted me and who loved me and who brought me up. I don't look back. There was there was no neglect. There was no trauma, um, at least not outright. And so when it's like, oh, but maybe mom and dad are the reason that you feel this way about something or have this kind of irrational rule that you're applying to yourself, I think it's important to get out front. Like, it doesn't make them bad people. We don't have to vilify who we look at uh, as having instilled a rule in us because I think that can, one, turn people off. If you need me to not like my mom, then I can't learn anymore because right. I love my mom. Right. And it's it's not to play the blame game. It's more just to become aware of the fact that you may be living by certain rules that you may have adopted without even knowing it. And I mean, I have a great relationship with my parents, but I know that the way I was raised and a lot of it comes from just certain things that they didn't necessarily even say, but just the way that they lived their lives or the way that I observed things that they were doing. I mean, for example, one that that was kind of interesting to me was that my parents were, my whole family is in education, so teachers, principals, things like that. And one of the things that we always did growing up was a tradition, I guess you could say, that on Sundays we essentially didn't do anything we were I mean it was a day of rest I suppose but we were getting ready for the work week because obviously they had off on weekends and Monday would be again when we would have to go back to school and I think this created actually a lot of anxiety within me I mean I deal with anxious or anxiety a lot and I think this is where it kind of stemmed from because I noticed Sundays were my day where I was most anxious all the time. And I was kind of trying to dive into that and think about why that would be. 
And I know for me, like I like to be busy, but I think it just stemmed from the fact that I grew up and this is what we did. And we had to like be getting ready for the work week on Monday. So we weren't necessarily living in the moment. And I think that is definitely something that I adopted into my adult life. And I kind of looked at it one day and I was like, I can do something on Sunday if I want to. Like, why am I living my life this way? You know? And um, so I think that's the big thing here is learning that we could be living life completely differently if we wanted to. And these rules don't have to define the way that we do things. Absolutely. And, and that's not only the purpose of this discussion, but the purpose of this podcast in general, how do we live our best life? How do we fulfill our potential and remove the hindrances, remove the obstacles that lie in our path, which often we are not capable of identifying on our own and we need to have discussions about. Um, and so you kind of touched on an example of this, and I think that was a great example. What are a few others, you know, and maybe we start a little bit light and we'll definitely get deep here. But what are some other agreements or rules that you've adopted or you've realized after the fact now that you've been living for however long, with this in your mind as being correct and now shocking maybe it wasn't the healthiest <laughs> right um another big one for me i think in my family they really idolized athleticism so i almost found myself like looking down upon people who maybe weren't necessarily athletic or didn't prioritize fitness or sport or things like that i mean even <laughs> it's silly but my dad had always said to me soccer is not a sport and I <laughs> I don't know why like he played football and I mean he was always athletic growing up and so was I but I was never put in soccer like soccer was not a sport to play and that doesn't even make any sense like now that I think about it I'm like wait what <laughs> that's so silly but it, it's like wow I could have been completely different if maybe I was raised in a family that idolized something else like maybe being artsy or being super intelligent like always reading things like that you know I mean so athletics being everything was was huge for me and along with that was kind of just the idea that if you weren't in first place then you were last like second second place no who cares about that like you didn't get first then you're last and and I was carrying those ideas ideas into my life without even realizing it like oh I didn't place first in the CrossFit class workout like oh I'm, I'm last now things like that yeah I mean it, there's there's so much value there because whether it's comparison is the thief of joy or just not appreciating the progress and we kind of spoke to that last week the journey is the reward <laughs> um yeah so for me you know as I thought and this was this was difficult for me you know I'm, I'm pretty when we get to trauma in the next few weeks, I'll, I'll have a lot to say there. But for this, this required a little bit more introspection, a little bit more digging. And and I think it's an example of kind of what you mentioned. Like, it's not just what was said. It's also kind of what was unsaid, but what we observed, which then makes it even tougher because then that means it was your perception of parents or perception of teachers. And, and that's going to leave parents feeling even more helpless because it's like, I didn't intend for you to get that. But for me like showing emotion yeah like everybody knows my mom she she she's around us all the time she's incredibly loving incredibly sweet um but in my house there was no emotion like there was happiness everybody you said you loved like i love you and stuff but there was never 
I told you, I, I never heard my parents raise their voice at each other. And I think that can be seen as a great thing. Like there was no yelling in the household. But I think that also meant that there was never really any 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 time spent on negative emotion. And the problem is, is in life, there are negative emotions. There is sadness, there is grief, there is anger, and there have to be healthy outlets for it. And I'm not sure that I really understood um, that it is okay to go into those things. And then so as I come into my own, as I grow, and I'm confronted with anger and frustration, and now I'm feeling even guilty and ashamed that I'm having these strong emotions, and now I'm often being judged because I'm not processing them well. And the number of times that um, I've been criticized or um, told that I'm wrong for how I express my anger or my frustration, or that I'm just too intense and all this stuff. And, and, I, and I just, I'm left with the guilt of that. I'm left with feeling like a lesser human because now I know I'm wrong for, I'm wrong because I'm angry. Right. And there's no room for like, it's okay to have something that makes you angry, but you have to be able to process that anger, that frustration in a healthy way. Um, another one that's more clear because I, I celebrate it and I'm still proud of it, but it also is, has hurt me. Um, you know, busy is successful. You work all day, you work hard. I like, I look back, my dad, if I ever got out of bed before the sunrise, my dad was up downstairs at 4 AM eating his raisin bran and then giving the raisin bran bowl to the cat to lick the milk. And then once the cat had all the milk, that she or he wanted, because we had a few, no, she, Simeon was never there. She wanted, then the dog got the milk. And I just remember that process. And I remember my dad um, leaving early to go to the gym. And then I knew he went straight to work after that. And he didn't come home, but he did come home at dinner. He always made it home for dinner. But like, there was no question that dad was going to be gone from basically 4.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. all the way until 7 p.m. And I was at Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday morning as well. And then when I come into my own, I get older. It was actually when I was 26, and, and it coincided with me getting sober and trying to figure some other things out. That was then what I prescribed, like subscribed to. If I wasn't working all day, then I was failing. Right. And even if there was nothing to work on, even if I needed a day to relax, it didn't matter. Time to work. Time to. If I'm not going to work, I'm going to sit still and think about work. And let me tell you how productive that is. Not very. <laughs> Let me tell you how sane you stay. Not very. Let me tell you how enjoyable you are to others. Not very. And so, but it does come from observing and perceiving something as a child. Every, what seemed like every single day. And I'm proud of what he, like, I'm proud of him for doing that. But like, and he also never told me that was the right way. It's not like he was eating his raisin bran like a, an old man being like, this is how you live, son. <laughs> he never said that. Um, he never told me how to be. But I think it's interesting now that I wake up at 4 a.m. four mornings a week. Well, you take that on to be your truth. And, you know, as children, we're, we're like sponges. We're constantly absorbing everything around us in our environment. And a lot of, I mean, what how I am today, I think, comes from a lot of what I absorbed in my childhood. I mean, I... I saw a lot of things and it's not necessarily that my, like you said, that your parents told you this or told you to be that way. But I've let, as we discussed before, a lot of it also comes a little bit with reward and punishment. You know, you're, you're rewarded for doing things the so-called right way or the way that your parents or teachers or whatever influencers tell you is good and right and then you absorb that and believe that to be truth as good and right. And the same thing goes for punishment. Okay, you're going to be punished if you 
you know, did this a certain way. And then you take that on into your adulthood as well of like, okay, this is good. This is bad. And these are the rules that I live by. And so for me growing up, a lot of the things that I took on too, or the rules that I have found that I'm living by is like, you know, this goes a little bit deep, but I, I remember specifically as a child or even a teen tween, I don't know if you're 13 or you, I guess you're a teen if you're 13, um, (laughs) walking in though on my mom and she was in her bedroom staring at herself in the mirror and just bawling. And I mean, she was in like a swimsuit or whatever. And so I was like, wow, like you aren't supposed to love yourself, you know, like, and to me, she was beautiful. She was, she's my mom. Like, and I still have a great relationship with my mom. Like I never thought anything was wrong with her. She was strong to me, beautiful, but here she is standing in the mirror, staring at herself and crying. And so that was kind of a big thing for me of like never being good enough or not being able to love yourself. Um, another one that, that you kind of take on is that thin is attractive or thin is healthy. You know, you get these certain ideas of health, I think, especially if you're raised a certain way of like, this is how my family eats, or this is if your family has certain exercise routines or things that they do. Usually you kind of take those ideals on of like, okay, this is right if I eat this way. Um, Another big one for me, I think from just like I said, my family was in education. They had the typical nine to five job, you know, and anyone who knows me, I do not have a typical nine to five job. I mean, I'm here coaching CrossFit. And so usually I'm actually the opposite of that because we have to be here the hours that people aren't at their nine to five jobs. And so I kind of took on this ideal from my family that, you know, if you don't have this stable nine to five job, you're not successful or you're considered irresponsible almost in that or that you have to make this certain amount of money I mean there's this is the list is endless of these rules you end up living by like what what was your family's financial situation and in mine we were lucky enough to be pretty well off and so that was actually a way that my dad tended to show us love was was through money instead of being able to spend time with us he was always working like even now he's 66 and still not retired like and that's kind of how he ended up showing us love was like here here's whatever amount here's 50 bucks you know go do whatever you want to do and so I think even I take that now into some of my personal relationships is showing love through like buying people things instead of necessarily spending time with them. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, because I know getting personal cannot always be the most comfortable, but I think it's very, very powerful to get to the real. Um, but I think that lays out, that, that paints a beautiful picture of what, what it is we're dealing with here. And and as we're going to get to later in the coping and, and the, the steps that we can take, I think it's really, really important to consider anything and everything that could potentially be a rule that you've adopted um because if you hesitate then that is still going to uh, limit your potential limit your ability to be your true self and so we kind of want to move to the consequences here like what are we dealing with why is it important like what if 
hey, my mom and dad turned out all right. Like, I should be so proud to turn out like them. I mean, there's entire families based on that, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And so why why worry about this? And so when I, uh, in Ruiz's Four Agreements on page 11, he kind of gives a good example of, of, of the courage required and what happens even we know that there may be an agreement but we 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 still might not be able to break it and so he, he says and this is quoting that is why we need a great deal of courage to challenge our own beliefs because even if we know we didn't choose all these beliefs it is also true that we agreed to all of them the agreement is so strong that even if we understand the concept of it not being true we feel the blame the guilt and the shame that occur if we go against these rules um so kind of what are we dealing with here for you and for those that you've worked with because these are discussions that we have as coaches right um and and for me in my personal journey the discovery of a lot of these rules um i didn't have access to, to lakiani's book i didn't have access to reese's book i mean i probably could have but i didn't know to when i was kind of coming up trying to figure this stuff out to me it was like I was I knew that I wasn't happy. I knew that I was I was living my life the way I was supposed to and mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. I was unsettled at times. I was downright depressed at other times. But when I was operating each day, I was taking I was following the rules. I was taking care of people. I wasn't taking care of myself. Like I wasn't prioritizing myself other others. I was working all day because I'm supposed to. I wasn't I was making sure not to express my emotion because I'm not supposed to. And I was finding myself still going to bed devastated that this was my life ready for an escape ready to get out of it and so like what what is the impact of what we're dealing with before we get to the steps that we can take to to kind of overcome or begin to overcome what are we what are the consequences of having these rules well i think like you just said it's you lose this you don't have any feeling of fulfillment because essentially you're living a life that isn't even your own I mean, you're not able to be your true self. You're almost putting on an act, so to speak, based on these rules that you've just taken on unconsciously almost. And then you're left feeling empty and living essentially in this bubble of bullshit, so to speak. And I mean, that's what this podcast is all about is finding ways to reach your full potential and live your best life and obviously if you're living a life that isn't even your own and leaves you feeling so empty how are you going to be reaching your potential doing that I mean you have to have the courage as you said to be able to take the time to investigate like are you is this something that's true for you are you living a life that you actually want to live or is this something that you've just adopted from somewhere else I mean, these, these rules go so many different ways. I know for me, like as a woman, you take on a lot of these shoulds and whether it's, you know, from your influencers or whether now it's from society or social media, as a woman, you have all these things you're supposed to be, um, you know, we're supposed to be thin, but we're also supposed to be strong, but not too strong. Like, don't be stronger than the man that you're with, because that's not acceptable. You're supposed to look good, but also not be high maintenance. So like you should be like, you know, looking amazing all the time. But if you take two hours to get ready, like that's ridiculous then, 
you know, you're supposed to be able to have fun and go out and eat the pizza on the date, but you're also not supposed to be overweight. I mean, it's it's endless. You're supposed to be able to speak your mind, but you don't want to be someone who's naggy. Like there's all these shoulds and supposed tos that we take on as truths when really they aren't true at all. I mean, it's it's just absolutely endless. And there's there's obviously a difference that comes here between being male and female. I know you spoke a little bit about you know, not showing your emotions, but I think men have to deal with some other supposed to's or shoulds as far as like the expectation to make more money or be a provider for the family. I mean, there's all these expectations and, you know, rules, if we're going to stay with that word, that society puts out there that we just 100% accept and it's like, what if you never question those things? Like, what if neither one of us had ever questioned the fact of like, oh, wait, is this true for me? Like, what if on my that Sunday I never sat down and thought like, wait, why am I doing nothing on Sunday? Like, I could be years down the road and still be doing the same thing. Yeah, I think that was very, very well said. Um, so with all that, I mean... Because that can start to be a downer. How do I ever overcome this? Like, what? <laughs> what is there even hope? Is there even a chance? Or am I just destined to live by other people's rules? And so what do I do, Miranda? Like, what's, what on earth? What is even the smallest step that I can take to begin to overcome or begin to define my own life? Well, again, I think there is power in understanding why we may be the way that we are or why we do things a certain way. And so creating, again, that that self-awareness and obviously one of the ways I know we talk a lot about journaling but it is a big thing and that's the thing that actually ultimately ultimately led me to become aware of these things was I wrote down all the rules that I thought that I was living by and by that I mean literally everything that you think it could possibly be the ones that you're like uh should I write that down write it down (laughs) I mean not just the ones you're certain of this is literally anything you feel that you may have taken on and I mean I think another big one here could be practicing forgiveness you know we said in the beginning that you, it's easy to blame others and play the victim game and say, oh, you know, I had these parents that caused me to be this way. But if you realize that holding on to resentment of others is only going to hurt you and literally no one else, and you practice, forgive, practice forgiveness of those who may have wronged you, I mean, your parents did the best that they could. It's time to take responsibility for your own life i mean one of my my favorite quotes from the you are a badass book by jen sincero is it's not your fault you're fucked up it's your fault if you stay fucked up so yeah it may not be your fault that you are this way or that you've started living this way or taken on these things but it is your fault now because if you don't take responsibility now to question these things and change the way that you're living then it's 100 percent your fault i think asking yourself in the moment is this something that's true for me or is this something that i've adopted from someone else can be extremely powerful as well so not only the journaling 
journaling down those rules and practicing forgiveness of those who may have wronged you, but also just asking yourself in the moment, like I did on that Sunday, you know, is this true for me or is this coming from somewhere else? Yeah, I think uh, that that's fantastic. And um, I mean, you, you've said it already, but this takes practice. You're not going to get that list perfect the first time and you're not supposed to there are rules that are lying deep within you that are going to take some digging to uproot and so i would this morning when i was thinking about what we were talking about I, the and lakiani talks about in the code of the extraordinary mind a little bit but basically like if we don't have the language um to use we we often cannot identify certain things and so he uses a very specific example but basically if there's something that you've never been exposed to then you won't know what it is and so if you don't have a, a, a consistent practice of kind of uh, digging deep inside yourself and, and writing down those those feelings um, or those those potential uh, problematic rules, then the first time you sit down, you're going to stay on the shallow end. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of shallow end rules that we need to still put down and, and start to investigate um, and see if there's forgiveness that's necessary. But don't don't give up. Uh, make this a practice, you know, just same way that you've been discussing like gratitude practice. It's the same idea. If I do it once, it's fine. But like there's more power in the consistency because it gets more and more powerful. And so if you've never kind of dug deep, then make sure that, that this is not a one-off thing. You need to develop kind of the understanding of self before you can really, really do the digging that's going to lead to growth or lead to the potential opportunity for growth. Um, but yeah, the journal thing, you're right. We do talk about it a lot, but we talk about it a lot because it's real because it's real. Getting it out of your mind and onto paper is so beneficial. I, I completely agree with, with everything you've said. And I think it's extremely empowering as well to know that you are able to rewrite your own story. Like, yes, you've been living this way for years and years or whatever, but it's so cool to actually realize that you can completely change it and you have the power to rewrite it all. And to have that courage to challenge the things that you're doing and challenge your own beliefs yeah that's i think that's a great place to end it um does not define you you have your future is your own and so thank you miranda for uh for bringing the subject to the episode today and i think that there's a lot of value here let us know what you think in the comments uh you can always uh, shoot us a note there, like, subscribe, let us know that you like this. Um, and next week we're going to be back. going to be a little bit, not lighthearted, going to be, but maybe not as deep as this one. We're going to talk about nutrition, its impact on mentality. Um, it's going to be kind of a general discussion, but it's something that Miranda has found in her, her month with us so far. She's constantly having conversations about it here with the athletes. And so we are sure that the, uh, the listening audience can benefit from that subject as well. So once again, thank you, Miranda, for joining me. We will see y'all next week. Again, we are dropping these episodes every Monday. I know right now we're not on iTunes, but hopefully by the time you hear this one, we are on iTunes, but you can always find us on Podbean and on YouTube. Thank you so much. Hope you guys tune in next week. Bye.